1: what is up welcome to another edition of the nfl fantasy live podcast it's me your man mg marcus grant alongside the fantasy hall of famer michael fabiano the next gen stats guru graham barfield and fellas training camps are open nfl
2: summer is over i know dude i know (laughs) it comes quickly like everyone's like still in summer mode you've got another month before like school gets back going not for us yeah
3: it's 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 kinda crazy. I think we talked about it a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. This this year for me is kinda snuck up, I think, a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, Dude, more so than others. Every
2: year it goes by quicker yeah. and quicker. Yeah,
1: the I mean let say we we say it all the time. People ask us what we do in the off season. I just laugh. Like what do you mean what do you mean off season? Like that's such it's a always funny word. Such a funny term, offseason. Uh, anyway, we got plenty to talk about because training camps are open, and that means a lot of you are starting to do drafts, uh, provided you haven't done drafts and mock drafts and you know, slow drafts already. But uh, we'll talk a little draft strategies. Uh, Fabs has written a little something. Graham has written a little something. and Also a, a question from the audience, if you will, as we talk about that. Plus, uh, Jacoby Brissett who uh, might be the new millennium Jack Handy, for those of you old enough (laughs) to remember who the original Jack Handy was. Uh, We'll talk about that. Normally we would go behind the glass to talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire, but uh, I don't know if you can tell, we are... He's right there! We are continuing our magical mystery tour of recording about the lot here. The studio is still under construction. Last week we were in a conference room, this week... We are on stage five, mm-hmm. which, uh, if any of you watch the Around the NFL Twitter show, you would know that you'd be familiar with this room. It kind of looks like a, a man cave of sorts with uh, memorabilia behind us. There's No, fake I grass.
3: haven't played with any of those toys back there.
1: <laughs> no, there's fake grass on the walls. We, like we, a lot of shoes over there. We're sitting on these pillows that are like made out of astroturf or something they like of that.
2: Get scratchy. After they're kind of
1: itchy. Yeah, I'm not a little lie. bit. Get a little scratchy. Yeah, they're a little bit itchy. So I want to hit
2: a golf ball off this thing. So. <laughs> so
1: if you uh, if if you think we sound a little bit different, it's because we are not in our normal home. So hopefully next week we'll be able
3: to, to get back to See, it. See, now I am itchy Graham, because you mentioned we that. We put it in your head. Fabs, do you have your clubs in the back of your car? Because right now we could just... I mean, Dude, let's want, go tee just, it up, man.
2: I did that right. last back. week, man. Dude, I, I had so much fun. I played I played a round of golf with Cedric the Entertainer, um, Patrick Warburton, who is better known as Putty from Seinfeld, uh, Jason Sheff, who is the lead singer of Chicago. But, like, now... My golf game is going right down the toilet because I won't pick up another club until like Cedric the Entertainer had a January. had
3: a character on one of Tiger Woods' old like EA Sports. That's right, things. I remember that. Yeah, I, I used th- to use that. I character. I used to use him too because he, he had a great. crazy swing. He was got a crazy
1: swing and like he had the best outfits. Yes. The, in the whole <laughs> game. <laughs> so. uh, anyway, normally we talk to Mur- to Murph. Uh, he is off to the side. He's waving at you. Just know that he's here and uh, he's taking care of everything. So in the meantime, let's do some news. <laughs> the big story of the week, news-wise, comes out of Kansas City. Uh, After months of speculating what might happen to Tyreek Hill, word is he will not miss any games. The NFL has decided not to suspend Tyreek Hill after accusations of child abuse, after the tape in which he uh, allegedly threatened violence against his fiancée. The league has decided that there is not enough there to suspend Tyreek Hill. Uh, I mean, we could—I'm sure—get into a long discussion about you know what this means and and you know how this thing came about.
2: But Marcus, uh, well, seriously, if you're Jerry Jones, how pissed are you right now?
1: Uh, I know he's—he wasn't happy originally when Ezekiel yeah. Elliott was suspended. I'm sure he is super not happy now. I'm sure yeah. he has uh, lobbed a phone call or two to uh, 345 Park Avenue <laughs> to register his disgust and his uh, his displeasure with this. Yeah. Um, but just brass tacks because obviously this is a fantasy football podcast. Uh, Fabs, this, this means that after
2: kind of sliding in rankings, Tyreek Hill rockets right back, back up to the up, top. Dude, yeah, I mean, like, now he's a second round pick. So imagine, and a lot of people out there do best ball leagues, like, all offseason. Imagine you're doing best ball and you get Tyreek Hill in, like, between round six and eight. Like, you, are basically winning the league. I mean, at least you're going to be super competitive. We did mock drafts where he didn't go off the board until sixth round, seventh round. I saw him go as, as late as the ninth round when the news initially broke, Mm -hmm. and I mean, we all at the podcast were talking about, like, there's no way he doesn't get some form of suspension for this. Yeah. And then he gets nothing, which is a shock. Like, I drafted uh, Nico Hardman uh, thinking, in a couple of leagues, thinking, oh, man, this guy is going to end up seeing a nice role. Now that pick is worth bupkis because he's not (laughs) going to get any opportunities because he's got Sammy Watkins ahead of him on the desk. You've got Tyreek now. You've got Travis Kelsey. So, like, it changed the whole landscape. And so I have Tyreek right in that Antonio Brown, OBJ area. So he's going to go in the second round. Where do you guys have him ranked? Yeah, I mean,
1: he's a second-round guy. He's a top probably five wide receiver for me right now uh, when it's all said and done. I I will say... This has a ripple effect for me on a lot of other people. I yeah. mean, obviously, for Patrick Mahomes, yep. uh, you know, that, that certainly bumps That's him good. back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Nicole Hardman, who like kind of falls out. And I think, Graham, this does some good things for Sammy Watkins, who yeah. we've seen in the past when Watkins was expected to be a number one wide receiver. He, he really struggled in that role. But last year, I felt like he thrived because he wasn't the number one target. He knew that he had Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill to take some of that pressure off of him, and now he, I think, slides back into a role where he's gonna be more comfortable again.
3: Yeah, Sammy Watkins didn't play a ton of full games last year, but when he did, he was super productive. I think he averaged over 70 yards per game, had a career-high catch rate with Patrick Mahomes. But you mentioned Mahomes. Like I was pretty much staying away uh, from Mahomes in the third and fourth round in all of my best ball, redraft leagues, all of that stuff this offseason. But in the pros versus Joe's competition with a bunch of sharp people, I took Mahomes in the late fourth round. I think it was at 410. Wow. Um, it's a tight end premium league, best ball league with 28 rounds. So, I, I mean, I wanted, uh, I wanted weak winners, and Mahomes slid to 46 overall in that league, mm-hmm. and that was after the Tyreek Hill news. Um, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm, I think I might be breaking some of my... Uh, my late round quarterback truther, <laughs> uh, my, my late round quarterback truther card this year. with If Mahomes keeps sliding into the fourth and fifth round, with uh, based on the Hill news, but I have Hill at receiver six. He's right after Julio Jones, and I I could mm-hmm. see drafting him as high as receiver three over Beckham, over Thomas.
2: Over. I Julio. mean, he was the top three wide receiver yeah. last season. You yeah. know, with Sammy Watkins, there's just dudes out there you don't trust. Mm-hmm. Like I don't trust Sammy Watkins. I don't <laughs> trust Allen Robinson. There's just guys I don't trust. I don't trust Jarvis Landry anymore. But the thing now Fabs is
3: they're cheap. No, exactly. exactly. So
2: so Watkins is now, he's a three at best in fantasy. And so you want to have parts of that Chiefs offense because it's going to be so explosive. So now it makes sense. Like I had put Watkins in my top 20, and I felt really bad about it when we all thought Hill was going to be out for part of the season or all of the season. Now I feel more comfortable with him as a three or maybe even a four. But he's still a guy I wouldn't trust in a prominent role. So
3: I'm I'm refreshing my rankings this morning, and uh, I have Watkins slotted at receiver 32 after Will Fuller. Uh, that's in between Marvin Jones, right after. Uh, right before Christian Kirk, Dante Pettis. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I feel pretty. Yeah, comfortable I've got with him in that Christian
2: three. Kirk area, Dante Pettis as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
3: I, I think it may be fun to do at some point before preseason starts uh,
1: a a segment about players we just can't trust for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, because I, there no, there are guys, guys there are guys out there that have burned us in the past for whatever reason, and we are just kind of gun-shy and and staying away, so that would be a fun thing to do. Um, News out of New England. Julian Edelman is going to miss the start of training camp because of a thumb injury. Uh, I mean, Graham, look, we know that when Edelman's on the field, he is going to absorb a whole bunch of targets. Um, Does this change anything about how you feel about him or how you feel about anybody else in that wide receiver core?
3: Not yet. Um, Obviously, with Edelman's age and his other... Um, injury uh, injuries of the past. It's slight slight concern, but I mean, it's so early in the game right now. It's not that big of a deal. And frankly, I actually think it might be a good thing for him that he gets a little bit of extra rest, and they get Nikhil Harry and some of their younger guys some more reps early in camp.
2: Yeah, I, I think the the biggest fantasy conundrum for the Patriots right now is that backfield. Yep. Because Michelle mm-hmm. PUP. We all know that knee flares up from time to time. There's a lot of chatter. I'm seeing Damian Harris move up draft. I mean, he's not moving up significantly, but he's getting drafted a little higher than he was. You've got James White there as, as well, who's going to be a PPR uh, play for you. So Edelman, to me, is still going third, fourth round. Yeah. Um, no question about that.
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's just, it's so funny because the Patriots have sort of become that team that we all know they're going to win. We all know they're going to be successful. But you look around, especially with no Gronk, there are very few guys that you can draft with confidence yeah. off this roster because mm-hmm. you just even I mean we're, we've reached yep. an age where even Tom Brady in a lot of drafts is still just sitting on the board. Late man, he's <laughs> going know? late man. Yep. So uh, it's just a weird situation. A couple of news notes out of Dallas, the Cowboys. No. Uh, well, don't want to hear Ezekiel this. Elliott is still mulling his options about whether or not he's going to show up to training camp. I mean, Fabs, you can't really believe they're going to let him go without a deal, right? I mean, I think like, this is different than we talked to Melvin Gordon last week, and the charges are sort of digging in, and I don't know how much is going to happen there. I feel like Jerry is going to figure out how to come up with some money for yeah,
2: Zeke. Yeah, and, and you know, too, like I feel like, you know, Jerry sort of fronted the bill for some of these legal situations that Zeke has been in in the past. And I feel like Zeke, even just being loyal, Shouldn't go ahead and, well, I'm going to hold out now uh, because I, I want to get paid. Uh, I believe the Cowboys have a 5th year option and then he becomes a free agent in 2021. Right. But I'm not moving Zeke down in my rankings. I will tell you this. When, when the news came out that there was a shot that he could potentially be holding out, Tony Pollard literally got drafted in in, in Scott Fishbowl. Like immediately. <laughs> like instantaneously. Immediately. And I had, I'm like, oh no. So I ended up getting like Darius Jackson a little bit later on. But you know, I've seen Pollard move up a little bit, but I think this is, you know, it, it's something that in the fantasy analyst industry, we have to worry about. Mm -hmm. Because now trying to predict Melvin Gordon is going to be hard. Last year, it was impossible and we were all wrong about Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) And now, you know, if Zeke does something drastic and decides that he's going to hold out, you know, what the heck do you do with that? Because, I mean, this is a guy who I've seen go number one overall. I mean, he is the one of the elite running backs.
3: I'll put it on wax now. I will be shocked if he misses any game. No,
2: I mean, me too. (laughs) I know, but like, when you hear that, and like, we're all... Fantasy analysts and fantasy owners, yeah. we are all Freddy cats. We I, really are. Anything, oh, my God, you know, now Tyree Kill, we're gonna, he's going to get suspended. You know, eighth, ninth round, and now look at what happens, you know? I mean, The,
3: yeah. the Tyree Kill situation is totally different, though, because the process there is right. I, I think we all agreed he would at least get six games, and for whatever reason, he didn't get any. Um, the Zeke situation is different, though, because, I mean, they are so incentivized because that offense, like we talked about, uh, it runs through Zeke. I, I'd be shocked as well. I, I, exactly I, also, I also go back...
1: And someone asked me about this yesterday. I go back to 93 when Emmitt Smith Emmitt held Smith. out. Emmitt Smith yeah. held out, and the Cowboys were dead set against paying him. They lose a couple games early in the season. We lost the first two games the <laughs> year,
2: and then Emmitt came back and went. And then suddenly Jerry
1: yeah. was like, hey, maybe we need that number 22 guy. Uh, yes, so they figured out how to pay him, and so I, I don't, I don't think Jerry wants a redo of that yeah. uh, with Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not Elliott. concerned.
2: I'm not concerned at this point. Like it's different than Melvin Gordon. It, it really is. It very is. I think so it's very it's much different, different than Melvin Gordon.
1: Than Melvin Gordon. Um, also, other Cowboys news: uh, the team releasing Alan Hearns. That news came out just, just this morning before we started recording this podcast. Uh, Hearns last year had a horrible injury; mm. broke his leg, and yeah. You know, all signs pointed to him missing probably all of this season, or at least the majority of this season. The Cowboys in the offseason went and got Randall Cobb. So it, it certainly looks like, uh, you know, Hearns obviously is done with the Cowboys. We'll see whether or not some team decides to take a chance on him somewhere down the road. But, uh, yeah. Fabs, I think this, this just means good things for, or better things for Michael Gallup coming this year.
2: Yeah, and first off, Allen, man, love you, dude, and wish you nothing but the best. Allen is a really good guy. Awesome guy. A really good guy, yeah. and, and I wish him nothing but the best, and I hope. He ends up back on an NFL roster and gets back out on the gridiron as soon as possible.
3: I, I, I love when when undrafted free agents come out and immediately make names for themselves. And it's really cool. I mean so, Hearns is immediate he immediately made but, an impact. Right.
2: Yeah. Do you remember? Like Alan Hearns was like, and I always go back to like the Frisman Jackson, because Frisman Jackson <laughs> opened a season, Man. went nuts, That's and people name. went went out and like picked him up and they didn't do anything the rest of the season. Yeah. But Alan Hearns the first game was against, I believe it was against the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think I had right about that. two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And everyone was running to the waiver wire to grab Alan Hearns, but we wish you the best. Uh, the Cowboys' offense, I mean, listen, I, Gallup is, is a late run flyer, uh, a worthwhile guy. Like, I have him right around, like, you know, the Deshaun Hamilton sort of area in my rankings, where these are guys that you take chances on late because uh, there's potentially uh, an opportunity for them to see an increase in targets. And Randall Cobb, though, I don't see him being drafted in most leagues. No. People are soured on the fact that he hasn't been durable and that the Cowboys have a lot of miles to feed in the offense. Talking about Amari Cooper, Jason Witten's back from the broadcast booth. We mentioned Gallup. Zeke had 77 catches last season. Mm-hmm. So there's other options there, too. So Cobb, uh, he, he's not on the draft board right now. I'm seeing you know, rookies being picked way ahead of him, like you know Andy Isabella, for example. Right. Uh, you know, DK Metcalf. The, the, people are not are not really focusing on Randall Cobb, even as a late-run flyer.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you know, I think part of it also is just uh, we talk about people we can't trust anymore. I think some of it is yeah. having seen yeah, Randall no. Cobb those last couple of years in Green Bay yep. uh, and just not knowing how he's going to fit into this offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, last bit of news. The Bills general manager says he is confident, confident, that LaShawn McCoy can, quote, <laughs> still play. Uh, Graham, does this, is this... <laughs> Are they just are they just setting this up to try and trade the Sean McCoy? Like, can we really buy into this, or is this like trying to trying to gas a guy yeah. up so
3: maybe some team will offer something in a trade? Look, I mean, the Bills can still get out from underneath McCoy's contract and save a lot of money against the cap this year. Uh, this is he's obviously entering entering the final year of his deal. He's thirty one years old. Mm-hmm. Um, his snap rate was cut last year mm-hmm. um, from around seventy percent to around fifty percent. That's even with Chris Ivory's own ineffectiveness and then obviously all their moves this offseason. Um, I think right now, Devin Singletary is really the only Bills back I'm moderately interested in, but yeah. even then, it's. So I'm going
2: to give you a hypothetical. You guys tell me. I think that if McCoy gets traded to the Bucks, that would be a great fit because I don't. Yeah. yeah. Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, ugh. I would love that. If McCoy goes to Tampa Bay, where do you draft him? What round? I think. That's a best case scenario. You best be, case scenario? I don't know, what,
3: four? Four, five? S- Five, six for me, or mm-hmm. probably around that Tevin Coleman
2: range. <laughs> but you're starting to feel good about him again. Yeah, yeah. Right now, it's a miss. Right well, well, at, at least he would have the
3: opportunity and a ton. I mean, just a great <laughs> offensive ecosystem for him yep. to get the to eight touchdowns. But that's, that is an awesome hype. So,
2: in a, in a fantasy scenario, LaShawn McCoy going to Tampa, Bay would be, be pretty good. Yeah, yeah it'd no, be I think it'd be, good.
3: it'd be a great
1: fit, and then I mean, that just, would
2: open up the door for Singletary to come in and play a bigger role.
1: Absolutely, yeah. that would be great. I mean, look, last we year we can cross our fingers. Last year, the Bills' best running back was a rookie quarterback, so that tells you <laughs> a little bit about their running situation. This is true. So there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know.
0: the
1: news guys are terrible at taking care of their health whether it's a knee injury bad back or something worse guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor which explains why i have a couple of weak achilles tendons because you know i just put some ice on it and just let it go anyway the same is true for erectile dysfunction studies show 70 percent of guys who experience ed don't get treated for it thankfully roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online with Roman, you can get medical care for ED from the comfort of your home and handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Just go to GetRoman.com live and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides the treatment would be appropriate, they'll prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. And with Roman, it's easy. Just go to Roman.com slash live to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash live for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash live. All right. It is fantasy draft season. I mean, it's been fantasy draft season in some some areas for a while now, but I think a lot more folks are starting to to get on board and starting to check in. So I feel like that's a good time to, to talk some draft strategies and sort of help out We've got some stuff up on the website, nfl.com slash fantasy, uh, that will help you out quite a bit. Fabs, you just uh, recently finished your draft tiers quarterback, uh, Mm tight end, running back, and receiver. In fact, uh, by the time most of you get to listen to this podcast, the wide receiver portion uh, will be up and available. And, um, I mean, one, I know this is a thing you do every year. You sort of break these guys down into different tiers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love looking at the quarterbacks. Tier one, it's just it's one guy
2: this year. <laughs> it's just one guy. Rolling with Mahomes, man. Um, and and I don't see another quarterback being close to him because even in the drafts that we've done, you know, Grammy talked about Mahomes' fourth round. That's probably as late as he's gonna go. Yep. Even in industry leagues where we all like hate drafting quarterbacks early. <laughs> um, but then you're not seeing the next quarterback come off the board. I think the earliest I saw another quarterback go off the board was maybe. Six seventh in a 12-team league, and that was you know Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Rodgers. So Mahomes is in a class by himself. And he's coming off the greatest season of any fantasy football quarterback ever. So regression might be the coming. But even if he regresses, he's still gonna be pretty damn good. So he's got his own tier.
3: Yeah. I, I still have Watson and Luck right in that tier at right in that first year too, but mm-hmm. with now obviously the tinge that Tyreek Hill. Tyreek, back. yes, sir. I, st- I just love Deshaun Watson and Luck this year. Um, I, still think I they do, ha- too. They, they both have 40-plus touchdown upside. Watson obviously has so much rushing upside yeah. and scrambling upside behind that Texas offensive line. I still think that they're similarly tiered players, mm-hmm. but just knowing that Mahomes has, I mean, I mean he's Patrick Mahomes. He's a weak-winning upside. I know. Right. I mean, it's, weak, it's literally a weak-winning upside.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that second tier, I have Watson, Luck, and, I mean, you could really put it like 1A, two, too, yeah. uh, and, and Rodgers. And I know some people are down on Rodgers. I don't know if I'm just nostalgic. I love Aaron Rodgers. I haven't seen QB4 still. Yeah, he's won me championships. And keep in mind too, all those young wide receivers have now had a full season under their belt catching the ball from him. They're going to see bigger roles. And uh, I, I still think he's he's one of the you know the top three or four quarterbacks in fantasy football.
1: I also think there's definitely optimism now that it's Matt LaFleur running yes, that offense right, instead of right. Mike McCarthy. Yep. And that was one of the big storylines last year. Yep. And so now the, the hope is maybe this opens some things up and, and helps Rodgers kind of thrive a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I noticed that, you know, and I, and I don't I don't think you're wrong, I just think it's a sign of the times, Drew Brees is down in Tier 4. Like, I know, dude, a, I know. Man, that's, and did you <laughs> that's see a who new I world. world.
2: I had to do it. I have. I don't know what it is. I got some kind of sickness with Kyler Murray. I, I keep moving him up. I can't stop. Like, I, I, every time I redo my rankings, I'm like, oh, all right. I'm taking him ahead of Breeze. I'm taking him ahead of Breeze. Wow. I'm taking him ahead of Wentz. I don't care. I love this kid. If I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong when we come to the end of the season. I just love him. I feel like Breeze, a 40-year-old guy who's not going to throw the ball 600 times, 700 times, this is a, a quarterback who now they've got to scale back, I think, a little bit, right? You, know, yep. you, you, bring, in, you bring in Latavius. You've got Alvin Kamara. Uh, Jared Cook comes into the mix as well this is not going to be the same explosive guy and remember like Drew Brees in the second half of last season you put him on the road on grass I don't care if it's a weird trend it's a trend he doesn't put up the so, numbers
1: so he's the new Ben Roethlisberger is what I'm saying I mean yeah Roethlisberger
2: <laughs> became non-Roethlisberger <laughs> last season because he started to play well on the road but like I just 40 year old quarterback who's going to the Hall of Fame compared to a guy who's coming into the league in an offense that's going to just they're going to they're gonna, have more plays than anybody in the league, you would think. That's what Cliff Kingsbury wants. And he can run with the football. I just love it, and I'm I'm all in. It, I'm all in.
3: Being off Drew Brees is a sharp take this year. The Saints, I think, they're top six in run rate over the past two years, but they're creeping up with to Dallas, basically mm-hmm. Dallas-level territories in terms of their run-oriented offense. Being off Brees is definitely a sharp take this year, yeah, especially just, especially because it's so, it's such a loaded quarterback year. I know. Um,
2: d- Listen, I've, I've come out of a mock draft. So one of the last ones I did, my quarterbacks were Goff and Lamar Jackson. I'm totally fine with it. And, I mean, Goff yeah. wasn't a guy I drafted until the ninth or 10th round. I'm totally cool with it. I have no problem. I love Lamar Jackson as well, running with the football, the, maybe the next Mike Vick. I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I wouldn't mind going into a, into a league. Now, I'm not saying it's a 10-team league or maybe even a 12-team league. If I'm going into a league and my two quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, i Wow, I would feel confident in it, man. I, I really would. Wow, because because I waited so long. The rest of my I, roster is jacked. I don't disagree and I either. Just, I mean, people forget how good Josh Allen was in the second half of last season. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I definitely know he took everybody by surprise. I, I'm still waiting for him to become a passer because mm-hmm. uh, I'm just I'm skeptical that he's going to be able to run the football again like he did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I admittedly am a skeptic. I'm the guy who like, hey, if I miss out on a guy, then like so be it. Rather than you know, I'll let it be somebody else's headache. So um, yeah, it's definitely possible.
3: I think I'm just a little too scared to
1: put the trade. But like
2: in a 14-team league, I'll take those two yeah. quarterbacks. I'll be fine with it because the rest of my roster is going to be loaded.
3: I, I'll say it's really hard to go in all in on somebody this year because i love cam i love wentz i like baker a little bit. am getting cam too a expensive. Lot too um the ravens have the easiest or the, one of the two easiest schedules in terms mm-hmm. of strength of schedule mm-hmm. against uh run defenses yes. per warren sharp this year yep uh lamar jackson mark mark ingram all those guys are they're, they're facing they're an extremely extremely soft running schedule mm-hmm. um yeah I, I'm, not, I, I'm not opposed to getting Lamar as my QB1 either late in yep. leagues. Just because he's I'm talking, talking about bigger so leagues. High.
2: I'm not talking about I 10 would, or 12. I would I, take
3: him as my QB1 in 12 team leagues. 10, 10 team <laughs> leagues. 10 team leagues. This is probably a little too shallow, yep. but 12 is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, one of the things, uh, your running back tiers, uh, no shock at tier one Saquon, Z, yep. Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Um, tier two. Uh, Lev Bell, David Johnson, right behind Levyon Bell, and I feel like that's a name that is, is starting to rise. Like I think people were sort of slow to get on the David Johnson train, but I feel like that thing has started to roll now.
2: Yeah, with Levyon, I mean, listen, I mean, he didn't play last season, so if nothing else, he's going to be fresh, right? He's going to see volume, a ton of it in that offense, and I, I just believe that he is well worth. I have him, I have him fifth overall mm. at running back. I moved him mm-hmm. because I had to move Gordon down. Uh, with this with this holdout situation and the opportunities are going to be there You know, I almost compare him to his teammate Antonio Brown, right there. He's going to a lesser offense You know Brown's going to a, a quarterback who's very good, but near, not nearly as good as Ben Roethlisberger Le'Veon Bell going from Steelers and that offensive line to the Jets their offensive line a young quarterback and Sam Darnold But what do we always say Marcus volume is king yep. in fantasy football and, and Le'Veon Bell is going to see a lot of volume
1: Um, Tier 4 is a name that, that I have become really big
2: on is Marlon Mack um everybody's moving him up dude a guy that i love and and, and part
1: of it for me is that i have gone all in on andrew luck as qb1 this year and i Mm -hmm. love that offense and i think marlon mack is going to be a guy who sort of profits from that i mean he uh maybe he's a decent enough pass catcher we saw him last year run the ball effectively remember at the start of last year jim mercy is making these giant pronouncements about how marlon mack's gonna have this huge year and we were all kind of like yeah all right and then at some point in the year it kind of clicked like it wasn't bad this guy's not bad um The one thing I would like to see is more consistency out of him. You know, he would give you some huge weeks, then he'd follow it up with like 35 yards. So if we can sort of even that out a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, that would be better.
3: But I I have started to kind of get really big on Marlon Mack in the last few weeks. My only concern with Mack is when the Colts were behind last year, he was typically plucked from the field in favor of Nike Hines this year. Yeah. But I think we're all expecting the Colts to be one of the best teams in the NFL. And if they do win 10-plus games, which I'm kind of expecting Mac is is going to smash this
2: Offensive line is good. I mean, durability, you know, might be a little bit of a concern. Right. Um, But, you know, all things being equal, like... He's an RB two right now in fantasy, and there's no question about that. Uh,
1: so go check out Fab's draft tiers. You can find it at NFL.com/fabiano, um, and you know they're all up there: quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. Uh, go check those out. Uh, speaking of tight end, Graham, you recently wrote a piece on kind of approaching the tight end position in drafts, and uh, you know you mentioned it's a, a thing we've talked about on this podcast multiple times, but the fact that the position should be deeper this year. You know, we know the big three at the top with Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle, um, but you know, Hunter Henry is back from injury. We'll see what Delaney Walker is going to do. O.J. Howard's expected to do big things. This is a position that suddenly, you know, if you don't get one of the big three, you don't necessarily have to panic the rest of the draft.
3: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, I'm really, really high on O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, that entire tier that kind of goes in the fifth, sixth round of drafts this year. Uh, I kind of Pretty much wrote a whole thesis about why I'm fading Ertz and Kittle and pretty much just attacking that whole uh, breakout tier in the fifth or sixth round. But you mentioned this year there's some really interesting late round tight ends mm-hmm. from veterans to you know kind of maybe second year breakout candidates like Mark Andrews to Jordan Reed, Greg Olson, some um, and some some of the veterans that we were typically drafting earlier have really started to slip in drafts. I, I think tight end is going to bounce back in a big way this year, especially after writing that draft guide. Um, I will say there's only maybe seven or eight tight ends that you can really feel comfortable comfortable about like starting every single week, um, mm-hmm. coming into coming into this year. Uh, but I think that that there's a definite chance that will change very very quickly based on all of the talent and uh, just how how cheap some of the late round guys are this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's the thing is that you can get some guys
3: good value uh, later on in your draft. Trey Burton was a seventh eighth round pick last year, guys. I mean, he's free essentially, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth round. <laughs>
2: I mean. So I, I've been finding myself getting Jared Cook yeah. a lot uh, in drafts, which mm-hmm. I'm fine with, you know, in New Orleans. But, I, like, I'm, I've never really been that guy who's going to spend a second-round pick on Kelsey, even though he's well worth it. I, I don't know, man. Just, just, just call me old-fashioned. <laughs> I just can't do it. No. Um, but I, I find myself going after the Mark Andrews of the world. Like, I'll, like, mm-hmm. I'll, get, I'll get a, a tight end, maybe like like a David Njoku um, maybe like a Jack Doyle. And, and then Joku's I'll pair a him. guy I've looked at a lot. Right, and then I'll pair him with a, with a player that I think has some upside, like an Andrews. Um, Vance McDonald is another player who, who's certainly moving up. I've seen him ranked in the top 10 among tight ends uh, among some of, some of our friends in the industry. So there's a lot of talent there, but yeah, you guys are right. There are very few sure things at tight end uh this season a
1: uh, quick question because like i've seen his name sort of hyped and you know we all know that preseason hype has to be taken with just a entire shaker of salt um <laughs> how are we feeling about austin hooper because i have seen some some buzz around his name and you know that maybe this is finally the year for austin hooper i mean last year was a career year and i put air quotes around that 660 yards four touchdowns 71 catches uh, it's any, kinda any, it is. It's
3: kind of right, but yeah. is that is that who he is, or is there an expectation that I, maybe he I, does more? I'm all, I'm completely off Hooper this year. I mean, 40 percent. <laughs> I wrote about this in my draft guide. Forty percent of his seventy-seven receptions came in just three games against the Steelers, Bucks, mm-hmm. and Browns. He had nine, nine, and ten receptions in those games, which is just ridiculous. Yep. He only saw fourteen percent of the team's targets over the whole season, and that's with basically Devonta Freeman missing the entire year and right. Calvin Ridley being a rookie. Now Freeman's back. Uh, Ridley's got another year of experience under his belt. I mean. I- I can't. I just think there's 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 guys going later than him, like Delaney Walker, Jordan Reed, even yeah,
2: Jack Doyle. Yeah, and Delaney didn't even, even get put Doyle. on the pup, so that's right. a, that's a good thing. Right. But yeah. Uh, Hooper's on that list of dudes I don't trust. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, him. I, I kind of felt that way too. I just you know I just didn't know if I was missing out on something because this hype was was starting to build. So I, that that mm-hmm. makes me feel better.
2: You're not missing
1: out on anything. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, <laughs> one question we got that I got at least on Twitter. Actually, we all did because uh, you guys were all tagged in this tweet. Hey, from Hong Kong. How <laughs> from, dare you leave us out? <laughs> from Hong Kong Hawk, uh, wanting to know our thoughts on stacking wide receivers and running backs. He was saying this because he says he's expecting to take Zeke with his first pick in his draft. Uh, and then wondering whether he should sort of back that up a couple of rounds later with Amari Cooper. The, the thought being it would ensure that I'd rarely be pissed at the end of a Dallas drive, you know, thinking that either it's Zeke scoring or it's Cooper that's scoring. Um, I mean, obviously, you can't do this with every team, but just your guys' thoughts on maybe pairing up a top line running back with a number one receiver from a team.
3: Yeah. Bengals, please. Joe Mixon, AJ Green. <laughs> uh, and it's not that expensive. I mean, you can take Joe Mixon in the late second or, or excuse me, in the early second of your draft. If you have yep. a uh, pick of the turn, come back around and get AJ Green, the late third. Um, uh, Cooper to, to Zeke is interesting, but I'm less interested in Cooper when he goes like sp- he, he's going to go pretty early in drafts. But like if he's going over like Keenan Allen and Julian Edelman, some of those guys, um it, it's less of an interest to me, and obviously the Bucks, I think, are probably a top stack option this yeah, year. I mean, but
2: I don't mind getting uh, multiple players from offenses that we expect to be explosive. I know a lot of people on the Cardinals, you know, so like Kyler yeah. and David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald starting to move up as well. Uh, I have no problem with that. I've, I did a, a mock draft with uh, Jamie Eisenberg uh, with the CBS folks, and I ended up, I believe, with Goff, Gurley, and Robert Woods. I have no problem with yeah. that. Now, do, do I want do I want uh, several players from some of these lesser offenses? No, be smart about <laughs> it. But points is points, man. And and, and so if you get guys. Uh, and shares of players from really good offensive attacks. I mean, go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's very doable, especially in a lot of situations where you know you're looking at, say, a Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Bucks, Graham. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's possible to get a James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, those those are very doable. And I think Fab's, you, you your point is 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 right where. It's better to do it from, and it, I mean, I know it sounds simple, but taking players from good offenses is generally a way to have fantasy yeah, success. Exactly. Um, you know, I know that. You know, I know sometimes you get stuck in that mindset of looking at a bad offense and thinking, hey, somebody's got to catch the ball or somebody's got to run the ball. Uh, not necessarily. So. Yeah,
2: <laughs> look at the Ravens. I, I, I've, I'm, really, I, I'm barely seeing Marquise Brown getting drafted. I'm not seeing any pass catchers except for Mark Andrew being drafted out of that offense just because what we saw last season and Lamar you know, averaging 17 carries a game, is, uh, it was you, just ridiculous.
3: You know it's a really fun, cheap team stack to do in fantasy this year is the Niners. You can get yes. Garoppolo, extremely cheap. You can get Pettis, extremely mm-hmm. cheap. Coleman, all their backs are cheap. So if you're all in on the Niners this year, which I'm pretty close to being. Um, Kittle's yeah. the only one that's really going to cost you anything in a
2: right. draft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. yeah, Coleman's probably not coming off the board until six or seven,
1: Yeah, depending um, on the
2: size of the league. And I'm starting to feel more
1: confident with him just
2: because this,
3: just because of this talk that the Niners aren't going to dress three of their running backs on game well, day. Well, Jerick McKinnon's still battling uh, coming back from that ACL injury. Yeah. Matt Breida's obviously just dealt, <laughs> he dealt with literally a laundry list of injuries yes. in 2018. Yeah. Right. So um, yeah, Tevin Coleman's, I think, in a sneaky good spot too.
1: So there you go. Uh, yeah, that's our thoughts on it. So yeah, basically the consensus is, yeah, it's not a bad idea if you're getting the right players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the old draft good players theory. Coming into effect here. Pretty easy. Uh, great, well, f- great advice
3: from us. I know, right?
1: <laughs> this is why they pay us the medium-sized bucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before we get out of here, you know, uh, another tweet that uh, that I got. Uh, this is from Schultz in NS26, um, asking if we were going to talk about Jacoby Brissett because he sort of. Was, I gotta look these up, dude. He was making Twitter news <laughs> from Noah Schultz. Uh, you know, talk about the goldmine that is Jacoby Brissett's Twitter on the next NFL Fantasy Live episode. Um, yeah, he has become so. Uh, Graham, I don't know if you're old enough to remember Jack Handy on I'm not. Saturday Night Live. So I'm sorry. He was a writer. He was a staff writer on SNL, uh, and you never actually saw him appear on screen. But he would do this segment called Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy, was basically him voicing over like with like serene music and just like a, a scroll with this text, and he would just have these random deep thoughts, like you know stuff like uh, you know if you're ever walking around and you don't want people to ask you to do things, carry two sacks in your hand. So when people ask you to do something, you say, sorry, I got these sacks. I mean, just like, just <laughs> random nonsensical thoughts like that. And so reading Jacoby Brissett's tweets has sort of made me think he's like a new millennium Jack Handy, right? The, the one that really got attention uh, last week, or a couple weeks ago, if the sun is hot, how is outer space cold, <laughs> right? Uh, this was—I mean, this was the one that like took off on Twitter to the point that I believe he actually got a response from someone at NASA to explain the physics of oh the gosh. sun and outer space. The outer but,
2: space is kind of big;
3: it's huge. I mean, it's kind of big. Do you—do you think Brissett and since Luck is a genius from Stanford, do you think that they discuss this in quarterback rooms, like? I would would have to imagine they probably have some pretty zany thoughts in those rooms. I would think so,
1: especially because, like, some of the smartest people I know have some of the strangest thoughts and just some of the weirdest. Like, another one. Man who coined the saying, a dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's. How'd they come up with this information?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. My, you can my, test for bacteria, I feel like. I mean, I guess. I mean, my, my dog is oftentimes eating but grass. Dogs eat Lincoln Licking, <laughs> licking his, his keister. Dogs eat you know, poop. Like, I, sniffing other dogs' keisters. If, if, if a dog's mouth is cleaner than mine,
1: like I'm doing something really wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lightning never strikes twice in the same place. How does lightning know where it has struck? Who created the phrase? <laughs> uh, I mean, these are great. If you drink
3: water out of a cup, do you still have to wash the cup asking for a friend? Um, My favorite one so far, though, has been which part of the pigskin is actually a football. It's actually a
1: football. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Jacoby Brissett, man. He's become a, a Twitter superstar in the last week or so, which, you know, I guess when you're not going to get on the field a whole lot, um, you got to do something to, to distinguish yourself. You know who's Milwaukee? been really good? Rex Chapman. The, guys, the blocker charge has that's become becoming a staple good. on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I know our own Steve Weish is is big on responding and retweeting those. Um, yeah, those are
2: those are pretty. Good blocker stuff charge
1: like has become definitely a, uh, a a meme epidemic. And uh, some of them are phenomenon. like some of them are incredible. Yeah, um, dude. Yeah, some of them are like our Darwinism level uh, you know, collisions. Everywhere. Unreal. So yeah. Uh, so that's it. Keep an eye out because very soon we'll be going to two podcasts a week as we get closer to the start of preseason games and obviously the regular season. We're going to start ramping up. So uh, very soon we'll be two pods a week. So uh, get ready for that as It's well. here. It is here. In the meantime, that's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening. As always, you know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, stand outside more often. So if people can ask, you just say you're outstanding. We'll see you next week.